0: Hello, I'm Tara Livingston, and welcome to another edition of You Should Write a Book, the podcast. If this really was a book, this would be in a chapter called Being Polite in Three Parts, and this portion would be called The First of Three Parts. Just a warning, in this episode I talk about abuse, not directly, but indirectly. So if you're not in a place that you feel able to listen to this today, I totally understand. If you are, join me as we talk about being a good girl and always respecting your elders. I was a good girl growing up. I always said please and thank you, and I always respected my elders. Adults were addressed as Mr. and Mrs. unless they had been given the honorary title of aunt or uncle. I did as I was told for the most part, only straying when I was told I talked too much. That I couldn't seem to stop. As I was learning to walk, my mum noticed that I could walk one way down a slanted beach, but when I turned back, I always fell. Turned out that I had hip dysplasia, a shallow hip joint, made my left leg shorter than my right back then it was referred to as a congenital hip the fix for such a problem was surgery where something resembling a railway spike was inserted into my thigh bone and then i was kept in the splits position for years i had a body cast that went down from my chest to my waist, and both of my legs stuck out on either side at a 90-degree angle, with the cast ending at my knees. I can only imagine how much I weighed. I went through long periods of traction in the hospital, three months at a time, where I lay flat on my back, staring at the ceiling. To this day, there is no room that I've ever been in that I can't describe to you the contours of the ceiling. I travel them. I begin at one corner and fly to the opposite one, and then push myself off and go to the middle of the wall on the side that I began with. I have a pattern, and non-square or non-rectangle-shaped rooms cause me great anxiety. While in hospital, very unlike today, I only saw my mom during the very strict visiting hours, and my father, well, I only saw him when he worked the afternoon shift, and then only for a very short amount of time. I was sometimes sent home with the cast still on, to a high chair that had been modified for me to sit in. When I was allowed to, I pulled my heavy cast around behind me and used my arms to pull myself around on the floor. Because my mom wasn't terribly mobile with me in tow, our house became the center of the neighborhood and was always filled with other moms and their kids. My hair was long and titian in color, and my mother refused to let the nurses cut it. I'm sure they weren't happy with the care that it needed while I was in hospital. At some point, I went from the body cast to braces on my legs, In a similar configuration, except this time, they put alphabet blocks on the bar holding my legs apart. The educational portion, I guess. My mom said that I was a good girl while in the hospital, and that the nurses liked me. I guess I was respecting my elders even then. Of course, I have no memories of this, and I know little about it except for what I've shared here. I never did receive a satisfactory answer about how they diapered me or how I was toilet-trained. I have a faint memory of the brace I'd worn being hung up on the ceiling near my dad's workshop. My brother Wade had me convinced that I had been a mermaid, and that they'd fished me out of the lake and gave me legs. This explained my needs for the brace, you see, and as my hair was long never having been cut, and all mermaids had long, luscious hair, I knew it was true. I often asked where my fins had gone, and he told me that the surgery had been very expensive, and they needed to sell them to be able to afford it. It was all perfectly logical in my little four-year-old brain. That particular brother could tell me the moon was made of cheese, and I would totally believe him. Imagine my humiliation and despair when I was mocked in kindergarten as I was informed that there was no such thing as mermaids. In elementary school, I could, of course, fall down into the splits any time I wanted. I always sat on the floor with my legs out in a W shape instead of cross-legged like I'd been told. Teachers did not like this at all. I've since found out that it's quite normal for kids with hippie issues to sit like this but no one had that information back in those days so I was treated quite harshly for it when I went to see the surgeon for my checkups he was always accompanied by a number of young interns and residents with me naked except for my little undies laying flat on the bed as he spun my leg around showing them how it had no resistance I didn't like how they looked at me but I was a good little girl. I always respected my elders. One day when I was in fifth grade or thereabouts, my parents must have been on vacation and my sister was in charge. I only know this because my mom never would have let me leave the house and what I wore that day. A pink eyelet-covered halter top with very tight flare-bottom jeans. I thought I was the most beautiful girl in the world until I walked home for lunch. It was garbage day, and the man on the back of the truck whistled at me and asked me if he could have some fries with that shake. I was mortified. More than that, I was terrified. I was 12, and I learned that my body made men think bad things. I changed my clothes before I went back to school that afternoon. I developed early, I was always receiving hand-me-down clothes from one of my cousins, and she once humiliated me by commenting that she used to love a particular dress that I was wearing to church one Sunday. Having everyone know that we couldn't afford new clothes and that I was wearing second-hand stuff was mortifying. So I showed up one Sunday with the training bras that had been handed down saying, I'm already in a B-cup. I won't be needing these. (laughs) I should probably apologize to her for that. But with boobs came issues. I was seen as older. I was always hit on by men much too old to be involved with me. I remember even some of my parents' male friends looking at me with hooded eyes as we went swimming, or even worse. When they were drunk at our house and came to quote unquote tuck me in but i was a good girl and i always respected my elders i was walking home from the hockey arena one day and a man reached out of the passenger window of a car that had been driving slowly past me over and over again and he slapped my ass saying when they came back around the next time, they'd give me a drive home. I ran across the street and hid in someone's yard behind the bushes. I don't know how long I was there in the cold, in the snow, but I was too terrified to move. I must have moved eventually because I did make it home. And I made my mom buy me a longer coat. A new girl had come to our middle school. She must have been from somewhere else because she wasn't from any of the feeder schools. She was plump and shy, and I was determined to become her friend. I was always rooting for the underdog. She timidly asked me if I'd come to her place for a birthday party and a sleepover. I think it was probably her first. It was going to be at her dad's place. Her parents were divorced, which was a new concept to me in my early 1980s world, and my mum would have, have to drive me. He lived in a white building with blue balconies right down near the waterfront in Hamilton. Well over 30 years later, it's still there and it still looks the same. I'd never been in an apartment building before, and I thought that having to take an elevator was cool. She and I played in her room and had some cake and pop and giggled a lot like young girls do. We got ready for bed, and I remembered that I had on baby dolls for pajamas. They were all the rage. Two of her dad's friends had shown up, so now there were three of them. And the three of them, they were drunk. Her dad sat in a recliner and asked me to come and sit on his lap to say goodnight. So I did. Because I was a good girl, and I always respected my elders. But I knew something was really off about being in that apartment with those men. Suddenly, all of the pop and cake wasn't sitting so well in my tummy, and I threw up. I threw up because I knew I wanted to go home, but I didn't want to be rude. And I knew that if I was sick, it would look legitimate. My mom came and got me. I remember the look on her face, my new friend, and how sad she was that I was leaving. And likely she was sad that she couldn't join me. I can't remember if I told my mom what really happened. I likely told her something while downplaying just how awful it was. I was much, much older when I came to the realization that she, my shy little friend, had been being abused by her dad. It explained a lot. I wish I'd known earlier. I wish I'd been able to help her. I wish I'd told my mom the whole truth. But I was a good girl and I always respected my elders. In high school, someone decided that I was smart enough to go into advanced level courses. Overall, this was true, except for math. Numbers made my head ache. No matter how patiently my brother went over my homework with me, explaining each theory, I just didn't get it. So I moved down to the less academic math classes. Unfortunately, The guy who was teaching that math course was actually a gym teacher with even less interest in math than me. He was always bouncing a basketball during class, and if you were a girl, he would come up behind your desk and lean over, supposedly to look over your classwork, but really, he was looking down your top. And God forbid you wear a short skirt to class because for sure, you were going to be made to rub off the chalkboards at the end of class, while he sat up against the windowsill, bouncing his basketball and watching with hooded eyes. But I was a good girl and I always respected my elders. The lessons I learned as a child growing up in the 70s and 80s aren't unique to me. It was all quite normal You learned to be a good girl. You learned to always respect your elders. You learned that your feelings were secondary to those who were older than you, especially men. And you learned that any unwanted attention you got from men was your responsibility. And if something happened because of it, like a slap on the ass as you're walking home from the hockey arena, it was your fault. You learned that your body was something that men wanted, and that gave you power, or did it? Which leads to the next phase of being a good girl, the second of three parts. Thanks for joining me on this journey. Know that I'm okay, and the retelling of these experiences is intended to be helpful to you, to examine what lessons were instilled in you when you were young so that together we might see what we might need to unlearn. Join me next time for part two coming soon. And if you are so inclined, please subscribe to this podcast either on Buzzsprout or whatever platform you use to listen. It really helps me out. Thanks for listening. Bye.